0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of the Self-Obsessed Podcast. We are now officially halfway through the first season of this podcast. And so to honor that, I wanted to do a special Q&A episode. This will be happening every single season because I love to really take on my viewers' personal dilemmas and really dissect them because so many people end up relating. So with this episode, it's going to be split into a few different sections. First off, I'm going to be answering... A few questions to do with self. So, like your relationship to yourself, your self perception, confidence all of that jazz. Then we're going to start to answer some dilemmas about friendship slash dealing with other people. Then we're going to jump into the dating dilemmas. And to finish the podcast of the last section, is going to be all about general life and goals. Let's get right into it. Question number one, how do you separate your sense of self-worth from work and achievements? And what does define my worth? It's right there in the title, baby. self- worth and so many of us get this confused we are constantly putting our worth in the hands of others society family friends strangers even using work and achievements or any or other sort of successes or embellishments or your appearance for example to determine your worth is a sign that you are lacking connection with yourself and therefore you are seeking validation from external things in your life when really you are the only person who should be determining that the only person the only thing that can define your worth is you and I think the simplest way to do it is to answer the question what am I worthy of and this is where you'll see people with very low self-worth put themselves in toxic relationships or they'll stay in friendships where they are being mistreated or they can't set boundaries or they excuse other people's bad behavior of them because they don't understand what they're deserving of. They haven't answered that question for themselves yet. So if you want to be a person with high self-worth then you ask yourself that question what am I worthy of and all of a sudden you will find yourself living as the type of person who doesn't just surround themselves with anybody because you know you are capable of achieving greater heights. Work and achievements and accomplishments and belongings and appearances have no business defining your worth. You know why? Because they're things. They have no meaning. They have no inherent value. Only you do. Self-worth is your belief system. It's you knowing confidently that you are smart and you are capable and you do have the ability to do whatever you put your mind to. And that foundation that you have within yourself is carried out throughout your life and throughout whatever happens to you. So if you fail a test or if you Partake in a competition and you lose, that doesn't shake your self worth because you've already decided what you're worthy of. You've already decided what your confidence levels are and how much you believe in yourself. Question two How do I get self obsessed but not narcissistic? I got so many of these questions. Somebody else asked, Aren't you scared that others will find your self love arrogant and dislike you as a result? A lot of other people wanted to also know how not to be selfish. And my answer to that is, I love being selfish. I love it. Being selfish is my lifestyle. Because you know what happens when I get selfish? I love my life more. I love myself more. And then I can pour into other people's cups much more efficiently. There is nothing selfish, arrogant, or narcissistic about being self-obsessed or being full of self-love and that is exactly why I started this podcast because this is the narrative we have been fed by society in order to keep us in this loop of hating ourselves so that they can profit off of us so that we are easier to control. Okay. And when I say society, I also mean your close friends, your family. You might have been raised in a way to be a people pleaser, to have no boundaries, because then you are easier to deal with. But as a result, you grow up literally hating yourself. So I am here to remove that limiting belief and make sure you fall in love with the thought of being self obsessed, because there is nothing wrong with that. So let me break it down for you, real quick. Narcissism is a literal mental disorder okay? And one of the top symptoms of it is this sense of grandiose, okay? This sense of self-importance to the level where you will walk into literally every single room thinking that you're better than other people. Self-love and self-obsession is so against that. You know why? Because it's only got to do with self. You are so focused on yourself, your self-growth, how you can improve. You are never comparing yourself to others. The biggest form of disrespect to yourself and self-hatred that you are even shifting your attention from yourself to focus on what somebody else has and use it as a form of oh my god I am not enough I don't have enough I have to be more like that other person no you are so full of self-love everyone's equal okay but also I don't need to think about what other people have because they deserve their things and I deserve mine and that is that narcissism is is when you are fueled by your ego. You constantly crave um, attention. You try to put other people down to feel better about yourself. Once again, self-obsession is loving yourself so much. Why the hell would I take the time out of my day to try and make you feel worse about yourself? Once again, none of my business. On top of that, because I love myself so much, I am so happy. All I want to do is spread positivity in other people's lives because I want everybody to feel as confident as I am. Narcissistic, people have this deep-rooted insecurity and that is why they live the way they are their confidence that you think they have or self-obsession that you think they have is really just a mask to hide away the inner conflict they are constantly experiencing so let's just scratch that narrative that self-love is narcissistic okay Somebody else asked, aren't you scared that others will find yourself love arrogant and dislike you as a result? No, I embrace that. If you find myself love arrogant and you dislike me as a result, tell me. Tell me right now so I don't speak to you again because that is so weird. I have reached a point in my life where I have this new standard and this has saved me so many times. The standard is I am only friends with confident people. I don't don't talk to people with low self-esteem. And that might sound arrogant and that might sound crazy, but let me explain it to you. When you tolerate these people with insecurities and you make excuses for them and you feel sorry for them and you kind of take them under your wing because, oh, but they do seem nice and hey, they they might actually be loyal, okay, they might have these nice qualities, but insecurity is the worst thing to get yourself involved in and I get it it's probably not their fault but they do need to take that time out to heal and to get out of their pattern of comparing themselves to others before you let them into your life they feel this sense of inferiority in comparison to you because you walk around and you carry yourself well. And as a result, people love you and are attracted to you like like you're a magnet, right? And they are not experiencing that as well. And then they also try to mirror you. And then they get even more resentful of you because they can't replicate what you have. And they desperately want to be you, but at the same time, they hate you for getting the treatment that they don't have. And none of that is your fault but they have convinced themselves that it is because they are constantly with you and you are a a representation of every single thing they feel they lack. And you might see all of this beauty and value and abundance in them them, that they very much clearly have. But because their self-perception is so twisted and because they haven't worked on their insecurities, they are blind to that. Question three, does being mysterious necessarily mean you have to be quiet or can you still be loud? Listen. I am loud. I am goofy. I am silly. I am expressive. And I love that. Please stop taking social media trends as metrics as to how you should be. Okay. As to what determines your attractiveness or how favorable you are or how cool you are. F that noise. I hate this entire mysterious trend, mostly because I am so dangerously unmysterious. It's a joke. But like, no, like if you want to be loud, be loud girl. Stop trying to fit in with everybody else. Do you know what I find really attractive? Women who are so expressive and loud and own a room and take up space. Ah, that is so sexy. Trying to become mysterious following all these tutorials on social media is you trying to alter your personality to try and do something to gain validation of other people because you think it's gonna make them like you more. All right? And you asking me if you can still be loud? No, honey, no. Because if you were self-obsessed, you would love how loud you are. Listen, if you are a naturally quiet person, then I would say own the mysterious trend because that aligns to who you naturally are. Question four, how do you know if you are on the right path when nothing goes right? Those are necessary moments where you are forced into adapting and pivoting into a direction that you never would have otherwise thought of. And then that leads you to a destination that you could have never dreamed of. And I prefer looking at it like that because that's an example of an abundance mindset. And we all know when you think of life abundantly, you speed up your manifestations. You attract all of your desires. We need to quit the narrative and mindset that if nothing goes right and we are consistently failing, then we are a victim. And it's why me? I think the best way to determine if what you're doing is right is if you love what you're doing. And if you know you have a passion for it, if this is something you've wanted to do for ages, or if you know that there's something greater there, if you have a mission, if you have a purpose, and if you know in your heart of hearts, you're not just doing this for money or because it's just convenient, but because this makes sense for you. It aligns to who you are. I have failed at YouTube consistently for two years straight but I kept at it because I loved video, I loved editing, I loved being on social media. And then it all worked out in the end. I was on a path where nothing was going right for two years and then one day it went right. And that can happen to literally anybody. Then I got quite a few questions about comparison. One person asked how to stop comparing yourself to others and wanting what they have. And another person asked, do you feel less confident when you are with someone who is more knowledgeable than you? These are two really great questions. I am going to start with the second one. Do you feel less confident when you're with someone who is more knowledgeable than you? Or even if let's say they have something that's desirable that you don't, whether it be appearance, confidence, belonging, success, whatever. I used to 100%, especially when I was a a teenager, I used to really observe other people and wonder why everything looked so easy to them, why they were blessed with good looks or success, and I was not. I'm now at a point in my life where I would never do that. I think it's great to surround yourself with people than that. It's not supposed to make you feel less confident because like we said earlier, you get to decide your self-worth, you get to decide your self-perception. No one should make you ever feel less than. But it's important to surround yourself with people who have more than you because that's what helps you grow. And I really had this realization recently where I've been networking with literal millionaires who got to that status when they were teenagers. In comparison, yes, I've achieved some great things, but next to them, I'm nothing. I've done nothing, literally. And I love that feeling. I'm like, me being friends with you, I am inspired by you. I love how much you've achieved. Your life and your journey is completely personal to you. And at the end of the day, I don't know what journey you've been on up until now. Like, I flip it and I think about if people are jealous of me and what I've had. And I think you don't know half of the battles I had to fight to get here. Just like if I were to be jealous of somebody else, I don't know what they had to go through to finally get to that level of success. So, how dare I envy them? what if what you get is so much greater than they have? No, actually, what you are going to get is greater than what they have. You know why? Because it's going to be personally tailored to you. It might take longer for you. You might have more hurdles. But at the end of the day, you are going to achieve something that they can't compete with, just like you can't compete with them. And the last question for this section of questions to do with our relationship to ourselves is, One of my favorites. How do you know that you are self-obsessed? Easy. I have gotten to a point in my life where I am literally so happy to be me. It's a blessing. It's a gift. I never question myself anymore on what I should do or who I should be like because I know that I'm smart. I know that I'm beautiful. I know that I'm powerful. I know that I'm confident. I just know it. I wake up every single day and recently I've gotten into this routine. I wake up and I like do a little shimmy in my bed before I get out because I'm like, what a life. What a blessing it is to have had this life. No, no, to cr- have created this life. And it took a journey to get here. And hey, I still have my problems. I still have my days where I cry and I'm upset. But on the most part, I am so in love with who i have going to be. I am exactly who my younger self wanted to be. And every single day, my main intention is, what can I get out of this? How can I grow? Is this going to make me better? Am I going to learn from this? I don't worry about oh, what are other people going to think about me. Oh, um, you know, I did that thing and it was really embarrassing. How am I being perceived? I wonder if I'm going to make a good impression. I wonder if they're going to like me. No, I think the fastest and easiest way to figure out if you are self-obsessed is if you walk into every single day thinking about yourself and how you can improve and how you can make your younger self proud and get closer to your dream future self. And you take others and things out of the equation. Because the sooner you do that, the faster you are to becoming obsessed with self and not every other external thing. Section number two friendship and dealing with other people. The first question in this section is somebody said they are dealing with this dilemma where they feel guilt for outgrowing friends and they feel selfish as a result. Girl. You are in such an amazing place in your life. And I know that because I've been exactly in your shoes. When you start self love and growth journey, so many people are going to fall away. And I, I talk about this in regards to manifestations as well. When you are wishing for something greater and trying to become something greater, older things fall away. Because in order to attract new, you have to let go of the old. And also, if you are trying to manifest a better version of yourself or a better life, you can't take all of the things that got you to where you are now with you because all of those things got you a result that you're not satisfied with, which is why you're striving for more. I don't, I'm not attached to people. I don't think, oh, if I've outgrown this person or if this person's not friends with me, then I take it personally and something's wrong with me and I'm not a good enough person or I should have been a better friend. No, it just wasn't meant to be because if it was meant to be, it would have been or we would have communicated and we would have worked it out. Simple as. Outgrowing friends is a part of life. And if you don't outgrow friends, I'm actually kind of concerned for you. Like it is so great to have friends since your childhood. I think that's wonderful, it's a beautiful thing. Other people are merely experiences. They also need to drift away from you. They're gonna get lessons from that. They're gonna be redirected onto a path where they find their lifelong friends. If something is no longer serving you or aligning to the highest version of yourself, let it go. I feel like that is one of the highest acts of self-love you can take part in. Question number two, when someone insults you, what do you do? oh guys this is a great question because this happened to me literally two days ago let me set the scene I just had a big Christmas dinner with my friends right and I walk out of my apartment building with one of my friends to meet my other friend who was trying to get some stuff out of her car so I walk out onto this street in front of my building and there's a guy um, parked in the street in his car with his window rolled down as soon as I walk out of my building he looks at me and he yells ho I didn't even look twice. So he calls me a hoe. I'm walking across the street. My other friend who was next to me when this happened, her jaw drops. She puts her hands out and she goes, Tam, and she looks so shocked. She looks mortified that the guy just had the nerve to disrespect me like that. And I love her for it. She was being a great friend. She wanted to defend me. And she felt horrified that someone could even say that to me. Later on, my friend brings it up again and she goes, I can't believe that guy called you a hoe. And when she said that, it got me thinking about it again. And as I thought about it more deeply, because honestly, I forgot since it happened, I just laughed. I was like, oh, my God, like that is so funny to me. All it actually shows me is you're insecure. You're threatened by my confidence. You could never even have the chance to be with me or hold a conversation with me. And so you automatically jump to insult me because that is your only way to have any sort of experience or attention from me. And on top of that, you just generally have a disrespect for women. I am a stranger to you. You've never met me. We've never had any any interaction. You felt the need to say that on your Saturday night. And that, my friend, is so sad. So why would I give any value or importance to what he says? Because here's the thing. When someone insults you, automatically your response should be to not care. It's never a question of what do you do. I don't jump to defend myself. I don't try and think of a comeback. I just move on with my day. People worry about what do you do? What do you say back when someone insults you? Because you care. And the reason you care when somebody insults you is because you are giving weight to their opinion and to who they are as a person. You are giving them more value than they deserve because most of the time it's a stranger, it's someone you don't know or it's someone you know when you're not even close to, which is why they feel confident enough to disrespect you. And on the other hand, let's say it's a family member that's insulting you. This is someone you love, you care about, you've grown up with them. If my family member insults me, I don't care. The reason I don't care is because I think your opinion of me is automatically invalid. Because why could you not be a mature adult enough to just communicate what actually is your issue with me? Like that guy in the car, I don't take a second look. It's none of my business. I laugh because I'm like, God, you're really going through it. That you had to affect me, a girl who was just living her best life right now, to try and bring me down. Like, honestly, I hope you heal and you you grow. My prayers are with you, darling. Anyways, moving on, like we do from people who insult us, the next question is how to not get FOMO and how to stop being concerned with others rather than yourself. I spent my entire teenage years living in FOMO every single weekend because your girl was never going to the house parties but all of the popular kids were and I had to see all of the stories all weekend and then all of the Instagram posts all throughout the week and I just felt like they were living a funner better life and like why was I not invited the difference is now I have so much trust in my life and my journey in the universe that I just know if I'm meant to be there I'm going to be there and that's it everything always works in my favor when we experience FOMO I feel like it links into having an external locus of control and also having a victim mindset and that you can't control your life and you are inherently unlucky and you have a scarce mindset. On the other hand, if you have an internal locus of control and you know, okay, I have a little bit of FOMO and maybe I want to do those things and do that, okay, let me let me work to go do that. Let me work to be to put myself in those rooms, to have that career, to have that lifestyle concerning yourself with others and comparing yourself to them is the biggest form of self sabotage because they also go through so many things and I'm always the biggest believer that you would never want to have another person's life over your own because you don't know the demons they have to fight you don't know the traumas that they are going through you don't know the insecurities that they hold all you see is your perception of them based on your own reality and based on your own insecurities your mind tricks you into thinking that you know, you have FOMO when they're living a better life or that you should be like them. But that doesn't mean that that's the truth. And we are always going to have these experiences where we desire what other people have, but that's there for a reason. Use it as your source of inspiration and it will really work in your favor. Everything you admire about other people is already within yourself and it's waiting to be unlocked. Okay, and now we're on to the dating dilemmas. The first one is, It took me years to love myself, but him cheating got me questioning myself. Why has it got you questioning yourself when it's got nothing to do with you? Cheating is never a result of you lacking something. The absence of your beauty, your intelligence, your care, or your love. Cheating is simply a display of deep-rooted insecurity, overindulgence, and a lack of self-control and discipline. It's why you see some of the most beautiful women in the world, supermodels, Beyonce even, get cheated on because it is never about them. It is never about what they lack. It is never about self-worth. Why are we allowing insecure men with this need for validation and this need to boost their ego to question our own self-worth? Sometimes relationships don't work out and two people are meant to be together and they break up and that's fine. But it is a different type of person to stay with your partner and still try to go out seeking more sexual gratification, more attention. For what? Does that not just show what a shell of a human being he has to be? Like it's embarrassing that he couldn't have sat down and communicated with you and said, I'm feeling X, Y, and Z way. Maybe we could work on a relationship in this way. And in general, I really think we need to start separating other people's behavior from our perception of ourselves. It goes the same for like a friendship betraying you, or even a family member doing you dirty. Somebody mistreating you has nothing to do with whether or whether or not you deserve it. You never deserve it point blank. It shows how damaged they are. It shows how unhealed they are. They are going to do that to absolutely anyone as a result. Unfortunately, you got caught in the crossfire on this one. But once you stop questioning yourself and you start working on that self love and self perception again, you are going to find so many ideal partners who just see your worth and value because they have worked on themselves, because they are secure, because they don't need endless validation. Question two How to stop seeking male validation? Oh, I struggled with this for years and I have an entire guide on how to overcome this on my YouTube channel. But to sum it up real quick on this podcast, First, you need to separate yourself. You need to place yourself in an entirely new environment so that you can learn to love yourself and that you can distance yourself from that validation. You are in this endless cycle and this habit of being around men and trying to gain their approval. If you separate yourself from it, then you can start to break the toxic cycle. That is exactly what I did. I quit dating. I quit talking stages. I quit all of that world and I started taking myself on dates and through that I really started to learn about myself and what my value was and my worth and all of the things I actually like about myself and on top of that I'm gonna get really real with you stop giving their opinions so much weight because it sounds dumb but as soon as I realized men actually don't know what they want and don't know what they're doing like a lot of their opinions on a lot of subjects is actually really concerning you not liking me is actually a compliment in so many ways sometimes. A man can't validate you because a man doesn't truly know you. In fact, no one can validate you because nobody truly knows you. You are the only person who has lived your entire life. You are the only person who is in your mind 24 seven. Therefore, the only person that can form a 100% accurate opinion of yourself to validate you is yourself. Anything anybody else says, whatever their opinion of you is is simply formed on their own life experience traumas insecurities and view of the world and the last dilemma for the dating section is how to stop romanticizing my incredibly toxic ass ex girl i've been there i was doing that for years and ultimately it comes down to two things self-respect and getting the ick understanding that the reason that we miss them and want to go back to them and romanticize them is because nostalgia takes over and when nostalgia takes over all you can ever see is the good like you logically know okay we broke up for a reason and he's toxic but your brain is kind of sabotaging you by only thinking of all of your cutesy memories and things that you did together so the way to combat that is what I call the ick list and I have kept this in my phone for every single x and I delete it as soon as I'm over them And what this means is, whenever you start romanticizing them or wanna call them or text them, you look at the ick list. And you're gonna take like 30 minutes out of your day to make this once, and then you can look at it every single time you feel like you're falling back into that cycle. And all you do in these 30 minutes is remember every single argument you had, every single reason as to why you shouldn't be together and why it would never work. You know, maybe the fact that his friends didn't like you, you didn't get on with his family, the fact that you could do better. And then at the bottom of the ick list, you're gonna write another bullet pointed list of all of the things you deserve and want in your soulmate so that way if the iglist doesn't work you scroll down and you see oh this is what i'm capable of this is what i could potentially get if i just keep the no contact going Because romanticizing your ex, no matter how bad they were, it's a normal process of the healing journey, girl. Like, honestly, don't even beat yourself up about it. Let yourself move through the motions. As long as you are maintaining no contact, you're all good. And you will eventually get to a point where you realize life is so abundant and beautiful ever since you lost them. You need to change your perception of yourself. Have a glow up if needs be. Fake it till you make it, okay? And I love fake it till you make it because you're not changing who you are. You are enhancing who you are and embracing who you are by adding characteristics to who you are already to improve to enter the next phase of your life I personally did this where because I was growing and I was adding new traits to who I was and new elements to my lifestyle my toxic ex was no longer a part of that it was almost as if I'd shifted and I'd leveled up so now they no longer have access to me they don't belong in this new era of my life And now onto the last section of questions for this episode, which is all about general life and goal setting. Let's start with number one. This person said, I'm feeling overwhelmed with the many habit changes I want to implement into my life. This means that you are doing too much and you need to slow down. So for example, let's take it right to the start with eating healthy, going to the gym and waking up early. These are the three kind of starting steps to living a better, healthier life. I don't try and do all of those things tomorrow. That is so overwhelming. We start small and we have baby steps. And this is habit building via taking baby steps because the key step to building new habits and actually staying consistent with them is satisfaction. You need to be building on your self esteem at the same time because if you are trying to implement all of these habits at once, and then you are obviously failing because it's too much to take on all at once, you can't be an entirely different person by tomorrow. You are failing at those things and it's making you feel like you're stupid and you're bad at it and it's affecting your self esteem, and then you're like, oh, well, what's the point? So then you feel overwhelmed and you give up, and then you never actually make the change. So instead, what we're going to do is we're going to implement one micro habit each week. And if we did it successfully, we can add on a new one the next week. So for example, um, it's January almost. Week one of January, you just have to wake up early every single day. That's it. You can do whatever you want for the rest of the day. Week two, you wake up early and then you eat a healthy breakfast. Week three, you wake up early, eat a healthy breakfast, then you go to the gym. And you continue like that throughout the year. And it seems so much easier. And you can give yourself a pat on the back at the end of it, which is so necessary to consistent habit achieving. The next question is, how do I increase posting on socials? I have a fear of being perceived. If people are perceiving you in a bad way and judging you for posting each video, being on social media, the reason they're judging you is because they themselves have a fear of being perceived. So they cannot comprehend why you are putting yourself out in that way anybody's opinion of you validation of you is simply based on their own life experiences it literally never has anything to do with you as soon as you kill that fear of being perceived cringe and embarrassing is the sooner that you will gain success because I understand it putting yourself out there on socials is hard because when you have no followers you have to do this quote cringy thing of acting like an influencer before you are an influencer the only perception you should be worried about is your own Okay. You are asking me how to increase posting on socials because you want to do it. That's it. End of conversation. So now you are going to go do it. And I'm not saying it's going to feel easy. Nothing good comes easy. But when you do the things that are difficult and when you step out of your comfort zone, that's when you grow. That's when you build your self-esteem and your confidence. And that's how you stay disciplined, by doing the things that feel uncomfortable. You are never going to get over other people's opinions until you finally put yourself in front of them and do it anyway. And over time, you were so exposed to that, that you stopped caring. The next question is how to believe in myself when starting a business for the first year, even you're probably just just about going to be trying to break even. You're going to have days where everything goes wrong. You didn't make enough money. You ordered the wrong stuff. You were dealing with customer service and it's just really hard and difficult. But if you remember the mission as to why you started, you are always going to believe in yourself and you're always going to keep going no matter what. And then lastly, with this question, I think it really links into manifestation. So the branches of manifestation are positive affirmations, you know, so that's like building your self-perception, your positive self-talk, so that you believe in yourself and you have heightened confidence. But another branch of it is your abundance mindset, looking at the glass half full, understanding that that you could get so much further than you could ever dream of. Self-belief is also about understanding yourself at your core. Journaling is a really great tool to do this, like ask yourself questions, write about your day, Google shadow work prompts to really understand who you are at your core, what are your strengths, what have you always been good at, what do you like about yourself, even if you've messed up, don't you like how you learned from it and how you grew from it? documentation has always been my favorite way to do this. Like I've journaled so much of my life. I will like set up my phone and I'll record a video of me just ranting to myself. And when I enter periods of my life where I have heavy self-doubt and I don't know if I can move forward, I read back on those journal entries and I look back on these videos and I'm like, oh my God, I thought I couldn't do it back then. But look, I got to where I am now. I am living in one answered prayer right now, which means every single thing I want right now is also on its way. And the very last question for this Q&A is, what's the most difficult part in the journey of becoming self-obsessed? For me, it's two things. It's the bad days, the days where the routine didn't go to plan, you're procrastinating, you feel slumped, you have no motivation, you feel like you were doing so well for a few weeks and I was all coming crashing down and you're falling back into old pants. And the other side of it is trust. The days where you don't know if you can go on, you know, you're taking a break from dating, but now you have all of those desires again, am I really gonna make it, is this actually worth it, it's also, and this links into the bad days, about confronting your demons, and your traumas, and your insecurities, that is a very ugly part of your healing journey, there's not a lot of people talk about, you know, me too, like I love to romanticize the journey of of self-development and growth, but truly it can get Scary. It's uncomfortable to have to hold yourself accountable for mistakes you made in the past. To hold yourself accountable that, oh, actually I'm not perfect and I'm not where I thought I should be. But that's okay. Like that's the first step. That is the first step to the rest of your life as your most desired self. The way you deal with it is you embrace the difficulty and you embrace the mistrust. And like I said before, you do those shadow work prompts and you work through it. An example of this is I really thought that I was doing so amazing and I had uh, done a whole year of self-love and solo dating and I entered the next year and I was like, oh my God, I did it. I did a whole year where I was alone. I never thought I would make it. And yes, that journey in itself was hard, but then I succeeded in the end and I thought, cool, I was on top of the world. And then it was time for me to enter the next phase of my life, which was dating again. I had escaped male validation and I also had high standards. So I thought I was ready to go. And then I started dating my now partner. It was a really rocky journey in the beginning because there was one massive part of myself that wasn't healed. And that was my attachment style, an avoidant attachment style. I couldn't commit. I was a serial dater and I'd been stuck in that pattern for years. And I had this inherent belief that I was just better off alone and that I couldn't rely or depend on anybody. And that was keeping me all those years from actually having a healthy relationship, which is why I kept attracting toxic partners or people that I wasn't aligned to because it was easier to just entertain them and know that I had the power in the relationship and that I could easily escape and break up with them and find someone new than actually confront my demons and trauma to then finally get into that healthy relationship. So I felt embarrassed, and I was like, "Wow! Like I spent a year of my life working on myself, and I still got work to do. Like what?" And I did it, and I read the books, and I did the work, and I healed my attachment style until I was secure, and that is why I've been in a healthy relationship with my dream man for a year and a half now. You're gonna make mistakes, and not everything is gonna be easy. And most importantly, you're not gonna have any of it figured out. Like we are all just trying to figure out it out day by day. Um, December 2020 when I just gone through a really messy breakup and I was like, okay, 2021 needs to be different, so I'm going to go on my self-love journey. Do you think I had any idea what self-love meant? No. I assure you, I had no idea what that word meant. It just popped into my head. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go along with this and I figured it out as I went along and that was okay and it looks different at different stages, you know? But that's good, that's the journey of life. That is how you constantly evolve and you grow and it's never about the destination, it's about the journey. That is where you get the most growth, satisfaction and joy, let me tell you. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Wow, officially halfway through the first season. If you have listened to all five episodes so far, I love you. Wow. Shoot me a DM on Instagram at TamCore. Let me know what you've thought of this podcast so far. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, I am open to criticism. Please do tell me. I will see you guys in the next episode. Feel free to also message me on my Instagram if you want to request a certain episode for the Self Obsessed podcast because I am always having a look and I'm always taking your requests on board so that I can create content that you guys will love have an amazing week do something for your future self today I appreciate you and I will see you next week at the same time on Wednesday bye guys